You're listening to a Better Mousetrap podcast, a joint production by me, Marcos Dinnerstein, and Far From TV. Before we dive into today's episode, we're proud and grateful to present this week's sponsor. Does your business need to reach New York City's founders and leaders in the startup community? Then you should be seen and heard on a Better Mousetrap newsletter and podcast. We have the eyes and ears of founders, the leaders of accelerators, incubators, and co-working spaces. We highlight what's important to them, which means it's important to you. Email me, marcos at bettermousetrap.nyc. That's marcos at bettermousetrap.nyc. Learn how you can get the attention of the doers in New York City's startup scene. This is Marcos Dinnerstein, host of A Better Mousetrap podcast. And with us today, we have Prasant Sudhakaran, founder and director of corporate development at Angel. Angel is an analytics platform for VCs and startups. VCs use Angel to predict game-changing startups using their inception scoring system. Startups use them to fundraise faster using AI and analytics. So welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Marcus. Thank, thank you for having me over. Great. Now, let's start with your role and your background. Yeah, so uh, I'm a co-founder with Angel. And to give you a brief background into Angel, so my co-founders and I, we met at NYU uh, during our grad school. And our thesis project was where we were trying to find an answer to the question, can we use data to predict how successful startups are? So we worked on this for about a year. We compiled a lot of data, you know, um, had fantastic insights from some of our professors and all that. Eventually, we did, you know, present a paper. We and shortly after, we formed the company. And and you know, and from there on, cut to this day, we work with over fifty VCs and accelerators, universities, incubators across um, across many parts of the world, predominantly the U.S because we're based here, but also in the Middle East, some in Europe. And uh, we work with VCs on multiple things, but pri- primarily what we do is we help them predict how successful the companies they're looking at will be. So it's, it helps them select the right kind of startups. And what is the, uh, the overall way that you, you use data to do those predictions? Right, so our hypothesis early stages, it's the founders that make or break the company. So, and um, to just give you an extreme example, um, if we take the case of Apple, you have one co-founder who's passed away and one co-founder who's no longer part of the company. And But because they have systems and processes in place, this company's pretty soon going to hit a trillion dollars in market cap. But if you were to take perhaps a, a Series A company or Series B company and take away one co-founder, that could be the end of this firm itself. Um, so what we do is we look at data pertaining to the founders. So for example, the educational history, the work history, startup history. Uh, so let's say you've had a prior startup or a couple of startups prior to your current project and so on. Uh, we also look into fundraising history and aspects of your personality. In particular, uh, what kind of weight does fundraising history play in, in 
that kind of weighting right. weighting system or right. evaluation so, system. Uh, interestingly, we ourselves do not assign any weight to any factor whatsoever because uh, that's where human biases come in. Humans overweigh certain factors. Uh, what we do, in fact, is you know we have you know our algorithm figures out the weight it wants to assign to certain factors, and that's about it. So we personally do not uh, assign any weights to any particular factor. Okay, so then if I understand this correctly, and you can clarify, mm -hmm. you input data on startups, and then your algorithms will see what correlations they can be found uh, in the case of education or, right. or number of startups uh, founders might have been involved in prior or the, the fundings. Yeah, so I hesitate to use the term correlation because uh, in, in a pure data science view, correlation means uh, has a different connotation. But in fact, let me even take a step back. When we first started the project, uh, at NYU, one of the things we were trying to do was, was to find markers. So it was more of a descriptive thing that these markers suggest a future entrepreneur and so on. But then very soon we realized that you know predictive algorithms work much better, better than descriptive algorithms. So so given that we had minor pivot during the you know, course of study. And essentially what happens is once we have all these factors going into the machine, it also then on top of that it's kind of like a simulator so um, so if you've read Peter Thiel's uh, Zero to One at somewhere he talks about the difficulty in predicting startup success because if a, you know a startup is a success in one universe it might be a failure in another, another one so kind of being inspired by that what we have is like a simulator it's like almost like a Monte Carlo rap machine learning algorithm that's what we have so what it does is it simulates these multiple universes and eventually it averages out the results. So what, what you have is all these factors coming in, maybe in one universe your education history is fantastic, maybe another one that may not be a contributor. So across you know all these thousands or millions of simulations, the end result is the machine telling us we would invest in this company X percent of the time. And that's, what, that's the end result. So uh, do you have historical data that um, gives you a, uh, a basis for evaluating newer data? Right, yeah, absolutely. We, uh, so when we started, we, we had tremendous amount of data, but then the challenge was times change. And what used to be like, say, a $25,000 seed round is nothing these days. I mean, 20, year, 20 years ago, you know, people were raising really tiny amounts of seed, but now I hear people, oh, I'm raising a $2 million seed round, and I'm like, even though I'm in, in the industry, I'm, you know, constantly shocked by this. So, so just to hold things constant, uh, you know, so our training data was 2003 to 2013, so we had 10 years of data, you know, like four startups in the U.S. back back at that time. Of course, we've expanded now, but then that was that was it back then. So we had a lot of data to test and you know fine tune our parameters and all that. That's very interesting. Uh, it, I'm reminded of the fact that 
yes, seed rounds used to be smaller, mm -hmm. but yet the barrier to actually creating a company in terms of dollar value was higher if you had to have your own servers, Absolutely. if you had to have so many of the services that are now software as a service. Absolutely. AWS didn't exist uh, yes. 15, 20 years ago, mm -hmm. and you had to do all of that yourself. Yeah, more or less, and w which is why sometimes it's not really fair to compare the merits, because like you rightly said, I mean, um, I remember one of our first, like, you know, you know, first computers and this ancient machine, which is, you know, when you think about it, it was super expensive, but if you compare it to now, I mean, you know, I, you know I've heard comparisons that my, my iPhone is faster and, you know, more powerful than some of the, some of the machines that sends like rockets to the moon. It, exactly. Right? So it, it's very hard to compare cost, technology, but uh, at some levels you do have to like try try and normalize it in exactly. some way. So and that's that's what we've attempted to do. So, sounds like a, gr a great challenge and. Uh, it, it is. I mean, there there have been some prior studies. Uh, I mean, you know, during the lit literature review process, because this. This does have an you know academic origin, so uh, we did come across some studies, but they they were typically really localized. So, for example, uh, we saw some some professors in somewhere in you know in some province in Finland trying to predict how Finnish small business might do, you know, given that economy and you know the resources available there and so on. I also came across something to do with like retail sector in Chile and so on. So. So there have been some attempts at this, and, and of course, I mean, you know, that, that is not just that those were the only attempts, but people have tried these, but, you know, we had to do something different, and uh, this turned out to be our approach. Um, going back to your, uh, your customer base, right. um, are the majority, a majority of those VCs and startups, uh, you say, in the U.S., do, do they tend to localize East Coast, West Coast? Uh, right. Um, so... You know, my co-founder is based in, uh, in, you know, in San Jose. So, and he has a tremendous network there. So, but also, like, it seemed like the West Coast VCs were a little more um, driven to accept like data-driven, well, or at least methodologies that are supported by data. Uh, it did take us a while to be like, even though we came out of New York, for us to be accepted in New York. Although I would say it's fairly equal at the moment. So. You know, I, I think we've pulled them pretty much close together. But yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of our customers, predominantly they tend to be uh, VC venture capital firms. But also, more more recently, we've started seeing a trend where it's you know it's also non venture capital. So you know, what I mean by that is like financial firms, like like a bank, for example. Or, you know, one of our clients is a bank. We also have a private equity funds. Presumably, they use us to look at early signals and all that. So, so but yeah, I mean, there is uh, more recently there has been a you know kind of a diversity in the client in the kind of clients we uh, we have been approached by. So, and which is which is great for us because sure. people are using our data in ways we did not originally envision. So, yeah, that's a, that's a you know good thing to have. Good, good absolutely, absolutely, could drive drive. Uh, Feature creation on your part? Uh, 
absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, in fact, some of our product, uh, you know, changes and updates and upgrades have happened because of customer requests. And if not requests, sometimes even questions like, hey, I mean, I see this happening and, you know, it does not completely make sense to me. Can you explain? Or, and, you know, maybe those are blind spots we never, you know, we never knew. Needed addressing, yes. So we went back to going, it doesn't happen quite a few times. So, um, I mean, I don't know if, what does it refer to as co-creation in a way, but then well, we've definitely been inspired to think harder by, you know, some of our you know, customer requests and all that. And uh, so what were people doing and what I, I assume are still doing mm -hmm. now for their evaluation purposes? Uh, I, you mentioned uh, the other day at the uh, Accelerator Awesome when we met that um, you're working with one well-known uh, group and that they have their, their um, applications are just way, way too many to right. process manually. Absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, so in fact, um, I just looked at a pitch book uh, yesterday, and in Q1 2018, I think $28.2 billion have been invested by this industry, just in the US. So I didn't happen to look at- And uh, uh, across what levels of funding? Uh, across all levels in venture capital. Mm -hmm. So, and I would wager that most of that money has been invested using discretionary methods. So it's not been driven by an algorithm or some kind of statistical process, which, which to me means that there is a scope for a lot of bias to come in. And, and I don't mean, you know, I don't use the word bias in the social political way. Where, uh, I use it more in a mathematical sense. And of course, th there might be occasions where these in, you know, intersect, but you know, my, my thrust is more mathematical. Now, a lot has been written, written about like biases in, in investing, but more so in the public markets. So you know, there's been all kinds of like investors, psychologists, uh, you know, have written about how you know, people make misjudgments and, and all that. So Charlie Munger, for example, has uh, he writes about this thing called the excessive self-regard tendency where humans and particularly investors, they, you know, misappraise themselves on the higher side. And, and a sub-tendency of that is to say, like, invest in people similar to you. And, you know, so again, you're perpetrating a culture where, you know, you invest in people way similar to you because you are invested in people similar to you and so on and on. So it becomes a kind of very, you know, uh, self-perpetrating factor. Also, people get really attracted to brand names. So for example, if you went to like Harvard, MIT, Columbia, NYU, one of the known brands, uh, when you're fundraising, it's much, much easier for you to attract capital. And again, that, that is not to say that the graduates from that, you know, from these universities are not worthy of capital, but uh, there are factors beyond, you know, what school you attended or, you know, how much capital you raised previously and all that, which should inform investors. And so uh, to be more direct with your, with your, you know, in an answer to your question, I think predominantly what people do right now is just use their own intuitions and their own analysis to say, 
I'm going to invest in this sector because it's growing, that is not growing, this team is fantastic, etc. Um, and the proportion of funds allocated using more statistical methods in venture capital are really small. Uh, but again, I, I do see that changing uh, because, you know, when we speak to some of our clients, more and more VCs are more um, like attuned to the need to be a little more process driven and not just being driven by either emotions or, you know, and also there's a lot of monkey see, monkey do happening in VC. I mean, not just VC, uh, to be fair. In life. In life and <laughs> even other like public markets and all that. So, but yeah, I mean, people are, you know, data gives people a little more confidence to go against the tide, so to say. Sometimes you're just betting on a team, right? You know, a team is fantastically driven. They have, you know, they might not have a great product right now, but you, you trust the team or you you know, I mean, you know, or maybe they, they've had fantastic success in, in the past and, you know, you know they're, they're a stellar team that, that can be bet on and so on. So, I mean, there are these kind of approaches too. So, again, all we're doing is we are increasing the odds in favor of the investors. So, you know, if you want to bet on, bet on this team, you know, fantastic. But then uh, what are you basing that on? And we kind of give them a little more insights towards that. Is Angel now being used for investing with follow-on rounds? Uh, have you been operating long enough for, for that to be a, a significant? Um, well, I'll say follow-on rounds as well, uh, but I don't think exclusively for that. No, 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 I yeah, imagine not. Um, pre predominantly, I would assume our clients use us for early stage investing, like, you know, if you're first money in. Um, I mean, those t tend to be the typical use cases, but... Yeah, I mean, I cannot preclude the possibility of you know people using the follow-on rounds as well. But, but more so, if you have invested in a company in the past, uh, presumably now you have more data on them and you have access to let's say the quarterly reports and all that, and you can see the trends developing. And so, and plus your inception score from Angel, plus the trends you see, you know, hopefully that gives you more confidence to follow on in the next round. Makes sense. Makes sense. And who are you uh, partnering with? What what types of uh, companies in what industries? Uh? So um, a lot of my focus in, in the recent, uh, I mean, in the past few weeks and months have been partnering with accelerators, incubators, universities, and the like. Um, well, universities more so because we came from a university and you know, we started there. So we, we love working in that environment. And it's, you know, the kind of questions, you know, you get to hear in the academic circles is so different to anything in, let's say, the professional circles. Uh, which is not to say one is better than the other, but, you know, it's, it's good to have, uh, you know, opinions thrown at you, which you don't necessarily hear every day. So it makes, you know, makes, makes your thinking process a little more robust, so to say. And also, like, Accelerators, uh, you know, this thriving accelerator economy in, in both the West Coast and the East Coast. In fact, uh, I would say predominantly, again, just like the venture capital industry, the two biggest markets for accelerators and incubators tend to be the West Coast and, and New York. So we have been partnering with quite a few of them. We've been offering them some free tools uh, just to help, you know, their, the startups working with them access to the uh, more information on which kind of VCs to approach and, you know, who are the most suited 
for their stage, for the kind of money they're raising, for the time horizon and all that. So, um, and what we found is a fantastic goodwill generator for us. So people are able to like have conversations with VCs based on the information we provide, and they're so happy about it. They go tell a hundred other people. So it was a fantastic result for us. Having come out of NYU, do you have a uh, particular relationship still with NYU? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm quite involved with uh, you know some of the projects going on there. So in fact, more recently, we we are in talks. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to name that, but there's a new entity there which which works with in partnership with another university uh, from Canada. So we have been exploring you know certain things. Plus, also like I mentioned, I mean. Uh, there's also that emotion connect there, so anything like uh, you know, NYU comes and says, "Can you help us with this?" or "We're doing that." We're always very happy to support them in anything, and you know they've been great to us. So, you know, uh, we we love doing anything to help them as well. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, what else might listeners be interested in learning about Angel? So, uh, one of our tools, which we call the VC Match tool, or the you know. Also, colloquially, at some of these start events, it's called as a fundraising tool. But basically, what it does is it takes in information, just a few questions on how much you're looking to fundraise, what time horizon, like is it now, is it six months later, and so on. Certain keywords about just you know about your startup, and you know just these four or five questions, and where we can contact you to send you your results. Uh, once we have this. In a very short period of time, like you know, typically we can say two to ten minutes, we can process that information and throw up a really curated list of thirty to fifty VC firms that are most likely to be uh, where we can raise capital from. And th this has been a fantastic tool for a lot of you know startups and on the other other side for both VCs and accelerators as well because it kind of narrows down your search from like potentially hundreds of firms to maybe 20 to 50, so you can just go back and, um, you know, con start contacting the partners there or, you know, finding out what kind of investments they've made in the past and all that. I mean, it also helps in another way because we also estimate, for example, how much money a certain VC firm might have, might, you know, might have left now. So as an example, if a certain firm has not invested since, let's say, 2016 or 2015 or something. So chances are they're maybe out of bright powder. So, uh, so unless they've raised like a second fund or something, there's no point contacting them. So it's a waste of your time and their time. So we kind of exclude those firms from, from our results and all that. So it just makes it more structured in terms of you know finding the right VCs and uh, hopefully, I mean, the, you know, the startups are able to. Uh, use that save time to more productive things, working on the product and, and you know, customer. Sure. So, yeah, it's in public beta right now, and uh, it's just, just angel.ai. Okay. So you've heard it, angel.ai, and that's A-I-N-G-E-L. That's right, correct. A -N -G -E -L. Dot A-I. Dot A-I. Terrific. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Marcus. It's been enlightening.